Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So again, if they were trying to destroy the country, Biden and his cronies, um, would they do anything differently? Anything. I mean, I, I can't bring this up enough. That was a question asked by a listener during my radio show during a break via a, a DM communication. If Biden was actually trying, not a joke, as Biden always says, not a joke. If he was actually trying to make sure the United States descended into total chaos and collapse, would he do anything different than he's doing now? And the answer is always conveniently no. I'm going to lay that out for you again today in a series of audio and video clips and articles that are going to be real eye openers. I'm also going to give you some good news. Finally, we're getting some results on the election front, not only in Arizona, but in Georgia as well, where the Democrats are terrified that we're starting to, you know, look at what's under the kimono and it ain't pretty either. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, Joe, let's go. Joe is extremely excited today. Um, yes, sir. I don't know why. I never ask why Joe gets <laughs> excited because the answer might be just kidding. Just kidding. All right, getting into the material on the show today. So if they were trying to destroy the country, these cats. Sorry if I'm looking weird at the camera. The camera's over there, and I'm used to my home studio. We're up in New York, of course, this week, uh, doing the five in studio all week. I hope you enjoyed the show yesterday. It was uh, it was uh, a little spicy, but I think we both enjoyed it. Me and Jessica, who's the, the, uh, the liberal on the show, you know, some back and forth, man. That's what it's all about, right? So if they were trying to destroy the country, would they do anything different, the left and the Biden administration? You know, I saw this video going around social media yesterday. And uh, if you're listening on audio only, you could still hear the guy in the background. There's a guy in the background. So I set this up. He is in a, it looks like a makeup store in a mall, in a mall. He's in the makeup store and there are two thieves in there cleaning out the store. Like it's the garbage bags. So just you, now you'll hear a couple things. You'll hear the alarm going off in the background and you'll hear this guy recording this. Like, I can't believe this is happening. This is Joe Biden's America right now. And when I say Joe Biden's America, I mean the liberal Democrats who own Joe Biden. They hate law enforcement. They hate law and order. They hate everything that gets between them and the chaos they need to create government dependency. That's why they hate law enforcement. Watch this video. Please watch this on my Rumble account, rumble.com slash. Mangino. The video is even more powerful. This guy's like stunned. Don't be stunned. This is what's coming in Joe Biden's America because they're intentionally trying to destroy this place. Check this out. Oh, look at this. Wow. Hey, look at this. Insane. Insane, yo. Yo, this is the middle of the Ulta right now. Look at this. Insane, TJ. <laughs> Insane. Oh boy. Joe Biden's America. Folks, uh, 
Again, one of the things on the show is I don't just play video or audio for shock value. Oh my gosh, look at this. A couple of people stealing makeup from a makeup store. I play it for a reason. Joe Biden and the left loves chaos because chaos breeds dependency. Dependency is a, a core asset to liberal and socialist ideology. Dependency on what? Dependency on government. They love chaos. There's a reason they hate law enforcement, you know, because it's not intuitive if you think about it, right? If liberals love big government and the enforcement arm of the government is a police department, why would liberals hate police and law and order so much? Because law and order, when you have basic tenets of law and order, it competes with their social programs, number one, because you can't spend a lot of money on what they call guns and butter at the same time, right? So it competes with their social programs. But secondly, in a peaceful law-abiding society where people are free to enforce contracts and people are free to engage in commerce, you have explosive of economic growth, free markets, and people who live comfortably with their families in their own lives. There's no reason to depend on government. The left loves chaos. They worship chaos. Chaos is their golden calf. It's their God. It's their Messiah. Chaos creates dependency. Dependency feeds the beast of government every single time. Don't ever forget that. Chaos is their ally. It's a weapon. You doubt me? You should. You should doubt everything. Here's another article by AFP. Murders. Rose 30% in the United States, 30%. You know how many more people are dead right now because of liberal big cities? And yes, to give you the full analysis here and not hide facts and data like fake leftist journalists do. That spike did start in 2020 and Donald Trump was the president. However, you cannot be a rational person and attribute the spike in murders to Donald Trump. The spike in murders was happening in cities run and dominated by liberals. Liberals, folks. Donald Trump was offering at the time to help them solve the problem by sending in the National Guard and federal assets. And those liberal mayors and governors turned that that assistance down. This is the liberal America, Joe Biden America they want. Chaos breeds dependency. Dependency feeds the beast of government, period. That's why they love this. It goes on. These vaccine mandates, they're blowing up spectacularly in their face. But you have to start to ask yourself, like, are they doing this on purpose? They had to know that our heroic healthcare workers and police officers who work throughout the pandemic, they're not getting rich off this, despite the fact that in the early days of the pandemic, they had no idea, ladies and gentlemen, were people going to die? What was the fatality rate of this thing? They had no idea and they went to work anyway because that's who they are. Now that many of them have natural immunity from infections, they're pushing a vaccine mandate, a blanket mandate on everyone, people in law enforcement, healthcare workers. And the result of it is this. Look at this CBS Boston story. Massachusetts state troopers are leaving the job. You have to ask yourself, again, was this intentional? Dozens of Massachusetts state police troopers resigning over COVID vaccine uh, van- a mandate union says. You telling me you didn't know? No, I'm asking a serious question to the leftists out there who want to, you know, I don't see nothing, I don't hear nothing, I don't know nothing, the Sergeant Schultz, right? You telling me you didn't know? Every one of these unions representing police officers and healthcare workers warned you. You saw protests in the street that they would leave and you did it anyway, which asks a, a very obvious question. Don't be, don't play stupid. Don't play dumb. If you knew it and you did it anyway, did you not care? Or did you just do it because you gave the double-barreled middle finger, family-friendly version, and said, you know what? If we get a few cops who leave, who really cares? We'll keep the obedient ones behind. Is that why you did it? 
You may say, well, Dan, that's just Massachusetts. Well, you'd be wrong. Uh, here's a, here's a uh, excuse me, a report out of the San Diego Tribune. Many San Diego Police Department officers say they'd rather quit than comply with the vaccine mandate. So to the liberals out there, again, running many of these places, San Diego, you know, is kind of uh, 50-50. It's a little more one of the less partisan places in California, although still a lot of Democrats, obviously. You've been warned. Police department officers say they're going to leave if you instill this vaccine mandate that's totally unscientific, and yet you do it anyway. Which, again, begs the appropriate question, are you doing it on purpose to get rid of the people you don't think are obedient enough? If it's not a fair question to ask, then you can go pound sand because you don't know the definition of fair. You've been warned and you're doing it anyway. Going back to the initial question we started the show with. You guys trying to destroy the country? This doesn't seem to be an accident anymore. Here's a video by Dr. Marty McCary, a guy who's been on my radio show often. We'll get him back. He's been terrific. Johns Hopkins trained uh, medical doctor, very smart, intelligent guy. Works over at Fox News, where I work. Very smart guy. He was on Fox yesterday. And again, you have to ask yourself, (laughs) it keeps coming up, folks. If the vaccine mandate was exclusively designed for public health, despite the warnings that public health might get worse because cops and healthcare workers would quit when you did it and you did it anyway, what's the question? Sorry, I don't mean, but what's the the question you're obviously asking is, well, then clearly it wasn't for public health and public health was going to get worse and the left knew it, correct? Well, what if I told you, no, no, the other reason was to incentivize people to get the vaccine. Well, what if I told you that the incentive to get the vaccine backfired and less people now are interested in that? You'd have to ask yourself again for what the fifth time during the show, what was the real purpose of this vaccine mandate if it's not for public health and not to get more people to get the vaccine? Here, check this out, Dr. Marty McCarry. Biden getting his COVID booster shot today. He continues to call this the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Does that help his cause, the the goal of getting more people who are hesitant to take the jab? You know, it's a mischaracterization and it's inaccurate and it's scientifically imprecise. And if we really want to do everything we can to reduce the avoidable harm, that is the people dying today are adults with no natural immunity and no vaccine. That's where we need to focus our efforts right now. If you look at the blanket and indiscriminate vaccine mandate that came from the White House after they were announced. Vaccination rates on a daily basis have gone down 20 percent. That is, we were doing about 810,000 a day, and now we're down to about 650,000 a day. That's because it hardened people who see the overreach of government. Those are the people we want to encourage to get vaccinated, not alienate. You know, it's weird when you throw actual numbers out there, how the leftists, again, they start foaming, you know, the foaming at the mouth, the screaming at the sky, the pink hats come out, the clawing at the faces, because facts and data always seem to get in the way of their really stupid, dopey arguments every single time. Every time vaccination rates have gone down, Healthcare workers, police officers, frontline workers, first responders have warned you that the mandates are going to backfire and they're going to leave. So clearly this had nothing to do with public health or getting more people vaccines. So ask yourself again, don't be constrained by the box the leftist media a-holes put you in. You have to ask yourself candidly, if the purpose wasn't public health, then what was the purpose? Soften you up. Get ready for the big uh, government coming down the road. Soften you up with mandate body blows. Get rid of the those uh, non-obedient types. Nothing more patriotic than asking questions. We'll continue to ask them here. 
All right. Speaking of their nihilistic, let's destroy America program, I, I, I can't ask you enough. If Joe Biden was trying to destroy America, would he do anything different? And the answer is obviously at this point, no, no, he wouldn't. He would do nothing different. Zero. So if it was a 12-step or 20-step program, three big steps are the three I'm going to go through here again. How do we create a nihilist program that will annihilate and destroy the United States? How many steps there are? I don't know. Maybe there's 20, maybe there's 50. Who knows? Biden seems to have nailed all of them. But these are three big ones. So first, you have to destroy institutions, right? Hence this attack on law enforcement. This ever-growing this ever attack on law enforcement through mandates, through the defund the police, uh, the anti-police rhetoric coming from BLM and Antifa. Why do you have to destroy institutions? Because these institutions foster law and order. They foster a sense of normalcy, which allows freedom and prosperity to, to, to thrive. I, know I just discussed it in the beginning of the show. I don't want to relitigate it too much, but chaos is the is is the best ally of the leftist and the socialist because chaos breeds dependency and fear fear you oh, when you're afraid when you're afraid for your safety when you're afraid for your health all the time this is why the left and the media love fear porn campaigns folks you just want the fear to go away listen i'm not trying to be plato or socrates or as bill as ted, bill and ted call them socrates okay uh, this is just basic common sense when you study ideologies the left needs fear the only reason you would forfeit your freedom your money your kids public education your health care over to the government because you think they can manage it better is because you're afraid of what will happen if you're left to do it by your own devices because of the chaos they love chaos chaos breeds dependency so step one you must destroy any institution that fosters law and order the military police departments and anything that fosters obedience to objective values objective values god country whatever it may be patriotism liberty and freedom you got to get rid of that your loyalty will only be to the subjective values of government which change on a dime right chaos breeds dependency guns and butter the left wants butter. They don't want any public safety. They want chaos. Dependency is the weapon of the left. That's step one. Step two, how do you create chaos, folks? Well, in a, in a you know, the left, the right believes in a chaos prevention program. That's law and order. We call that the police department. The left believes in a chaos promotion program. One of the best ways to promote chaos is to promote racial division. Why? Because the chaos is there because it's visual. We're visual creatures. We see each other. And if you can get people to judge each other by the melanin component of their skin without ever saying a word, that's a bad guy, that's a bad guy, that's a good guy, that's a bad guy, and put them in corners and get them to war, what better way to get them to fight each other to, uh, to, and to create chaos than to create a battle based solely on race? Here, here's Saki doing it right here. Step two, add to the chaos by promoting racial division. Saki and the White House have been told now unequivocally that the whips story at the border, the Border Patrol whipped Haitian immigrants, is totally fake and false. There is not a shred of evidence that any of this happened. There was no whip. There was no incident. No Haitian was whipped at the border. The photographer who took the pictures acknowledged it. Here's Saki again in an, uh, in an audio clip here saying, hey, listen, we don't care. We're just going to go full steam ahead anyway. Check this out. The El Paso Times has walked back their claim that border agents were using uh, whips to deter Haitian migrants. Um, this is kind of a, a controversy. Some people are weighing what is a whip versus what is a rain. Um, and the El Paso Times put out a clarification saying, clarification saying it was not an actual whip. 
does that change anything for the administration in, in light of the, the statements that were made last week? I don't think anyone could look at those photos uh, and think that was appropriate action or behavior or something uh, that uh, should be accepted uh, within uh, our administration. There's an investigation that's ongoing. Uh, we'll let that play out. But our reaction to the photos has not changed. Of course, the reaction to the photos hasn't changed. But why, why would the reaction change? Notice how the reporter even sets it up. There's a controversy over what's a whip and a rain. No, there's no controversy. There's no con- a rain's a rain and a whip's a whip. There's no controversy. Notice how he kind of sets it up with the softball just to kind of give it to her. Oh, no, no we're not going to change our approach at all to the whipping incident that was neither a whip nor an incident. Why? Because Biden's in step two, the, one of the biggest steps of his Destroy America program, create racial division. And this fits three categories. It's a race story. They were black immigrants. It's a class story. They were poor. And three, it attacks law enforcement. Three key tenets of their Destroy America program within the second tenant add to chaos by promoting racial division. Fits all three boxes. All right. More on that, including step three of their program coming up in a second. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle that you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers, and they're all made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals and a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Okay, so there are three three of the bigger steps to destroying the country. Again, destroy institutions that foster law and order because chaos is their friend. Step two, add to the chaos. Best way to do it is promote, promote racial division. That's why the whip story works so great for them. It involves race, class, and law enforcement. Can't, I mean, all three boxes. They can't resist. That's why the whip story will never die. I promise, even though there's no whip and no story. Here's the third part of their program, three big steps. They have to promote economic chaos too. Again, there's no quicker way to degenerate a society into madness and chaos than to take away people's economic security. There's a famous line by Havelock Ellis, who says a lot of, who has said a lot of questionable things, obviously, but he said that civilization is a thin crust on a volcano. There are others who said we're only four missed meals away from chaos. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why economic certainty, people's ability, they know they're going to be able to feed their families and keep a roof over their head is so important. Well, if you need chaos because chaos breeds dependency and liberals need chaos and dependency, they need dependency on government. What better way to do it than to steal from people their economic security? and make them rely on government for everything to suckle off the government teat. What better way to bring socialism here, this cancer, this rot? Well, it's happening right now. Folks, that's why these lockdowns were so key for the left. I want you to think about something, right? Listen, I was, I was an MBA student. I run a business. Now, you never cite your education because it makes you sound like a moron. 
But the reason I bring that up is not to pound my chest and sound like an idiot. I bring it up because I went to that program at Penn State, that MBA program with other students too. So I know what they learned. I was there. Just about every business executive in America, middle managers up to C-suite people know what JIT is. JIT is just in time. What does that mean? I'm getting into a big business school class, but it's very simple. In the past, businesses would stockpile a lot of inventory, you know, uh, wheels for a car, steering wheels, dials, alternators, they'd stockpile a lot. And then as they built a car, they'd take it out of the stockpile. Well, that was very inefficient because you would spend a lot of your capital on uh, inventory that you may or may not use. If car sales slump, you're stuck with a thousand alternators you just bought and you can't sell. And then a few years later, they're, they're gone because they're antiquated. Everybody tracking? So one of the greatest revolutions in our modern economy was just-in-time delivery. Through the use of you know, spreadsheets and AI and very complicated programs, companies like Ford and car companies elsewhere get those alternators just in time. Everybody tracking? Pretty simple stuff. JIT. Every single yep. business in America knows about JIT. Why does that matter here to the Democrats' plan? Part three, you got to promote economic chaos? Because believe me, every single Democrat of consequence in government knew that we do JIT. And if they promoted economic lockdowns throughout the economy because of coronavirus, that once JIT, just-in-time delivery of products, was interrupted, they knew it would ripple throughout the supply chain and cause shortages. And they did it. Why would it cause shortages? Because when the economy opened up again, they had no product to build the damn cars. It created the biggest economic bottleneck in human history. Are you telling me business school students in their first year know about JIT and Democrats running the country didn't? And to be fair, Republicans too. And yet they locked the economy down anyway. Again, begs the question I said in the beginning, if they knew this stuff was going to happen and they did it anyway, then what was the purpose? And if they didn't know it was going to happen, did you not, could you not have consulted with a, a, a three-month-in business school student who could have warned you that in a, J, a JIT economy where inventory focuses on a day, if you stop an economy for a month, you're going to cause an international bottleneck that's going to cause mass inflation and supply problems? You didn't know that? Here, more evidence what I'm telling you is true. You've already seen it with the inflation, explosive inflation, prices through the roof. You can't get freaking toilet paper again. <clears throat> this is insane, folks. You're having a tough time finding meat. There's a restaurant near my house, uh, a diner around the corner for me that's closed on Tuesdays and Wednesdays or something now because they can't find enough workers. You're paying people not to work while causing supply problems. Look at a story in the Daily Mail. They can't even unload ships anymore. Again, I'm not making this up, folks. <clears throat> Here it is. Daily Mail. Dozens of ships are forced to anchor off the coast of New York as they wait to dock in the country's second largest port, adding to U.S. supply chain crunch, which has forced FedEx to reroute 600,000 packages a day. Just in time, folks. When just in time isn't just in time, there's no time because there's no just in time and there's no products either. Now all of these backlog products are waiting. Now the ports aren't working because nobody's working here. From the piece, nearly two dozen cargo ships and oil tankers are waiting to berth off the south shore of Long Island on Saturday as a surge of imports and short staff ports have caused a log jam at sea. Are you suggesting to me again that these people in the government were unaware of basic supply chain technology? 
that they didn't know any of this and they were unaware that paying people not to work was going to cause a boatload of people not to work, which was going to cause a logjam in our economy, mass inflation and shortages. There's only two solutions. Either you knew when you did it on purpose to destroy the economy or number two, you are so darn stupid. You couldn't even figure out what a three month in MBA student could have figured out. And you did it anyway in a twenty three trillion dollar U.S. economy. And therefore, you should be fired tomorrow morning. My gosh, these people are stupid. How is it that the dumbest people on planet Earth all found themselves in the government bureaucracy and elected to Congress and the Senate at the same time? How is that? You'd think by chance just one of them would have magically made it into at half a brain. All right, moving on. I got a lot to cover. Hey, some good news out of Georgia. Please read this article in my newsletter. It's important. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Check it out. This is from John Solomon at Just the News. Georgia has opened a probe into Dropbox ballots and chain of custody in a very large Democrat county. That's DeKalb County. Folks, why is this story important? It's important for a number of reasons. I still get a lot of um, emails from a lot of people. I don't want to call them complaints, but gripes, whatever they may be. And that's fine. My, my email, a lot of you know it. Uh, and my, my Facebook is open for messages. If you all want to send one on the back page, I read as many of them as I can. I get this a lot. And folks, you're entitled to your own opinion. It's a constitutional republic. And we're all entitled to disagree, correct? But I get this a lot. Dan, the elections are rigged. They're all rigged. I'm not voting again. Well, folks, whether you believe that or not, voting and getting Republicans at a minimum, I can't tell you what to do. I mean, I vote if you got to make your own decisions. Okay. I think that's not a good strategy personally. If, if, even if it was, it was rigged, we still won Florida, we won Texas and we got Ron DeSantis and others. But having said that, and after yesterday's Arizona audit show, which did great numbers, thank you very much. I understand your skepticism. I do. You got me? Like I totally get it. But I understand how guaranteeing a Democrat victory is a solution. And here's what I mean by reading this story here. Republican officials in Republican states, Arizona and elsewhere, are, are digging into this and exposing all this malfeasance to the public. If we just forfeit every election, let Democrats take over everywhere, then you're never going to find out what's going to happen anyway. But listen, I can't, you know, you got to make your own decisions. But Florida, Georgia, Arizona... There have been real voter changes made that make it easy to vote and hard to cheat, which Democrats absolutely hate. They want it to be you know, easy to cheat and hard to vote. That's Democrats think. That's their thing. That's their logo. Two pager today, um, of course. Um, you know what? Before I get into this, you know what, Guy? I'm going to do the third spot. Folks, I appreciate your patience. Of course, these sponsors pay a lot to talk to you. They're a great company. So thank you very much. But uh, I want to get to this next. There are economic illiterates everywhere in the White House, and they're lying to you. Saki said two things. I got two pieces of audio video that are just so dumb. You have to wonder, like, does she think you're dumb or is she dumb? I think it's the first part. I think it's the former rather than the latter. I don't think she's stupid. But really, even if you're a Democrat out there and you're a loyalist to Peppermint Patty and Joe Biden, you should be saying to yourself, my gosh, these people really think I'm stupid. I mean, this is an insult at this point. That's what I would say. Yeah, what bothers me about the White House and the constant promotion of nonsense from the podium by Peppermint Patty, Jen Psaki, is Peppermint thinks you're an idiot. She's not stupid. It would actually be uh, uh, more... I'm going to say more. It would it would be beneficial to the country if Saki was dumb, because at least we could educate her as to what she's saying is economically stupid. But she's not dumb. She's a liar. And you can't you know, teach a liar not to be a liar. It's like that quote, again, often attributed to Solzhenitsyn, which is really not Solzhenitsyn, but they lie 
we know they lie. They know we know they lie. And we know they know we know they lie. And yet they lie anyway. You can't fix that. Like, nothing, Saki's just a liar. Democrats lie about everything all the time. It's really sad and unfortunate. But here's uh, uh, Saki promote, promoting economic illiteracy. Again, just talk to a first year MBA student. You know this is ridiculous. But she repeats the myth from the White House that the $3.5 trillion bankruptcy bill, Joe Biden's trying to ram down your throats. She repeats the myth that this is somehow going to cost magically zero dollars. This is <laughs> check this out. There's a basic uh, discussion that needs to happen or is ongoing. Uh, we're right in the weeds of it now on what the size of the package looks like. But I will also note, uh, and we've done this a little bit over the past couple of days, but that this package, the reconciliation package would cost zero dollars. So what I'm saying, what I, what we are, the case we're making here is that there needs to be agreement on the different components. There's broad agreement on the goals. And then there needs to be agreement on what the revenue pay fors are. Sorry. Thank you for uh, ratings just came in. So thank you again. Everyone who watches on Phil Gino, right? Every Tuesday, I get it, right? He, he, yeah, he does. He said, thank you. Uh, great ratings this week again. You all are awesome watching my show on Fox Saturday at 10. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt the show, but um, I'm very happy. They come in at around uh, 9 or 10 on uh, Tuesday. <laughs> don't ask me why. I don't know, but thank you. Thank you. You all are so great. You're such a, you are. You are like the best audience in the business. All right, enough. Uh, so don't worry, folks. It's going to cost zero dollars, uh, which is magic uh, because I don't know how a three point five trillion dollar spending bill costs zero dollars. Ladies and gentlemen, the government doesn't. <sighs> this is important. OK, everybody. Needs to... I love <laughs> economics. I know it's not the sexiest topic in the world, but it's important that we have at least a basic understanding. Right. Here's the, the distinction between government and the private sector. OK. And why government. Nothing the government spends can ever cost zero dollars. Okay, nothing. You understand? Nothing the government ever does can cost zero dollars. The government right. doesn't create anything ever. The private sector takes as with Trump pen here takes ink, takes a whatever. This looks like some kind of uh, plastic, then a piece of metal. This looks like some brass or something, and a ball for the ballpoint pen. Each of those things cost whatever, I don't know, penny, two pennies each. They combine it into a pen. I happen to like this pen. Someone sent it to me. And even though the whole pen may cost, I don't know, 40 cents, by combining all of those elements into a bigger value added item, a pen, the sum of the parts is, isn't worth as much as the item of the whole pen. Why? Because you put your intellectual capital into it. Does that make sense? Someone thought of this specific pen. We're going to put a blue ink, a Trump sign, this and that, and we'll be able to charge more because of the thought I put into it. The sum of the parts in this phone right here I have on the desk is probably only a hundred bucks. So why is the phone a thousand dollars? Because someone thought how to combine the silicone into the chip to make it do this and run an app. That's why the government doesn't do any of that. The government takes its money from you. It doesn't value add anything, anything. It provides basic things we need, our military, which is quite heroic, a court system we need, because these things can't be better done in the private sector because the incentives are all wrong. But make no mistake, the government doesn't add value anywhere. The government takes everything from you. Nothing that costs money in the government is not taken from you. So the saying that, that this is going to cost zero dollars, 
is so economically illiterate that you should be personally offended that she thinks you're this stupid. Government can't create prosperity, folks. There's a knowledge problem. It doesn't know how to do this. People who know how to combine glass and chips into phones people want go and work in the private sector. They don't work in the government. The government can't create prosperity. It doesn't have the knowledge to do it. Not to mention every dollar spent by the government, 40 cents of it goes to pay a bureaucrat before the 60 cents even makes it back into the economy, if it ever does. So a government takes a dollar from you and you're lucky at best to get 60% back. Economic illiteracy. They think you're dumb. Here's Saki again, claiming something we know is false, that when the government hikes taxes on businesses, Biden wants to hike the corporate tax from 21 to 28%. That's a huge hit. The claim here by by Saki is that it's unfair and absurd that companies would somehow increase their costs then to compensate for the higher taxes to consumers. Has Saki ever read anything? And the answer is yes, of course she has. She's just lying to you again. I'll prove it in a second. Here, check this out. I want to ask you about what Republicans are pointing to in the analysis from the Joint Committee on Taxation. Mm -hmm. They say, according to, if I've read the chart correctly, more than 16% of taxpayers would see their taxes increase under the the, the bill that's approved by the House Ways and Means Committee. Will the president sign that bill as it is coming out of that committee, or will he insist on the changes so that he will maintain his commitment that taxes won't go up on people making $400,000 a year? I have not looked at the uh, document or the report that you have put out. Obviously, the president, or that you have referenced, I should say, that the Republicans put out. Uh, Obviously, the president's commitment remains not raising taxes for anyone uh, making less than $400,000 a year. There are some, and I'm not sure if this is the case in this report, who argue that in the past, companies have passed on these costs to consumers. I'm not sure if that's the argument being made in this report. We feel that that's unfair and absurd, and the American people would not stand for that. But I will take a closer look at this report and get you a more substantive response. Go ahead, Jack. Oh, my gosh. Folks, where do you think businesses get their money from? They get their money from consumers. If the, if the government then removes money from a business that has to create a profit margin, there's only a few places to take it from. You can take it from shareholders. There goes your pension. You could take it from consumers who have to pay more in prices, or you could take it for the employees of the company who get less in wages. Is, I, I'm, I'm just curious. I'm, I'm not messing around. Okay. I'm not, being serious for a second. I know like sarcasm is thick in this show. Is that hard to understand? If you're a leftist listening to my show for the first time, is that complicated for you to understand? Can you tell me where else businesses get money to pay taxes? Consumers, shareholders, or the, or the employees of the company? Can you tell me a fourth place? Of course you can. So when Jen Psaki claims that businesses are going to pay more taxes, as if businesses are these like ethereal, otherworldly entities that fabricate money out of thin air, she thinks you're an idiot. Here, please read this in the show notes. It's important. It's a Tax Policy Center article. Um, it's it's very good. It's short. It's sweet. It's not econometrically centered where you got to have an advanced economics degree to read it. Folks, it makes a very simple point here. Corporate taxes, who pays them and when? So when Biden hikes the business tax, who pays the business tax? Well, again, it goes back to the three people I told you, and they're all you. 
Here, from the piece, the Tax Policy Center assumes that 80% of the burden falls on capital and shareholders, while labor bears about 20% of the tax hike. This view is shared roughly by the CBO and the Congressional Joint Committee on Taxation. They explain why, and they link to a paper. Others think workers pay far more of the corporate tax. For example, Kevin Hassett, who worked in the Trump administration, argues that workers may bear the entire corporate tax or even more. Thus, he argued during a debate over the Trump tax cuts, lowering income tax rates would boost average annual household salaries or wages. Well, it's convenient that wages did go up in the Trump administration during the tax cut time. Folks, you're paying either way. You're either paying through your pension, your stock holdings, as an employee of a company anywhere in America whose wages are going to be less, or as a consumer. I don't know why this is difficult to understand for the left. And the answer is it isn't. Saki knows she's lying. She just demonizes people. And keep in mind, companies can only do three things with their money. Companies can either invest it in the company, invest it in another company, or pay it out as dividends. That's it. That's where it goes, those three places. So you're either investing less in your company too, which again, hurts the employees. You're either investing in less in other companies, which hurts other employees or in shareholders, or you're investing less in dividends, which hurts your pension fund and your stock investments. You're a loser either way. I'm not calling you personally a loser. I'm saying you're an economic loser. Either way, no way around it. Either way, I promise you lose. Yeah, yeah. Guy said, good point. He's like, I thought the left was pro-worker. <laughs> Come on, guy. As Coach Stan used to say, stop the insanity. We know the left loves one thing only. That's stealing your money. They're obsessed with it. But good point, Guy. All right, moving on. I'll get back to more of this in a second. Joe Biden actually said something quite hilarious about this, uh, his own $3.5 trillion bankruptcy bill. I'll get, don't go anywhere with it. It's really funny. The media blackout on the Hunter Biden bombshell about his emails being genuine um, is really evidence now that the media has become an enemy of the truth in the United States. Folks, I don't use those terms lightly. I uh, respect a free and fair press. I always will. If we don't have a free and fair press, we have no country. We have no republic left. However, in a free and fair press, which I will always respect, um, again, I actually believe in free speech. There. The media, as I've said often, has the freedom to be stupid and act unethically. And it's clear right now that they're, what they're doing right now is just pure evil. They know they rigged an election in 2020 by hiding information about Hunter Biden's emails and claiming they were Russian disinformation and attacking people like me who said the opposite. Now that we know definitively that those emails are accurate, we knew months ago, but that the media can't hide from it anymore because of this book by this political writer, the media is strangely silent. I want you to remember this first. Here was Hunter Biden in an interview with CBS a while ago. CBS, you may be saying, you're going to say, Dan, you're going to put out a clip by CBS here. No, folks, this is CBS Digital. CBS didn't even have the guts to put this on their main station. If they do, congratulations. They, they're hiding. Everyone else is hiding. Digital. This is behind the digital paywall. That Nobody's covering this book about Hunter Biden's emails being genuine. But I want you to remember showing you Hunter's a total liar. Here was Hunter in an interview with CBS a while ago saying, oh, I don't know anything about the laptop. Check this out. Did you leave a, a laptop with a repairman Not in Wilmington? Not, Not that you remember. No. No. But whether or not um, somebody has my laptop, whether or not uh, it was a, uh, my was hacked, whether or not there exists a laptop at all, I truly don't know. Are you missing a laptop? Not that I know of. Guys, ladies, uh, you know, what have I been saying from the beginning of the show? It's not that they're stupid. Hunter's not dumb. Well, maybe Hunter. Who knows? He's not that dumb. 
Uh, maybe that. But let me get to They think you're stupid too. Hunter may be a bad example of this one. They think you're dumb and the media. He's missing a laptop and he doesn't know. He doesn't know that's his laptop he dropped off and signed for at a Mac store. He has no idea. Just to be clear. He doesn't know it's his laptop. If you lost the laptop, are you that rich that you wouldn't know you dropped it off at a store? You wouldn't know that. So now that we know Hunter Biden's emails about selling access to his father, think this through. I have this in all caps. The current president of the United States, his family tried to sell access to him in a bunch of documented, factually accurate email exchanges. To China, our nuclear-powered enemy. Can you explain to me how this isn't the biggest scandal right now in modern presidential history? We listened to these idiot losers in the media for four years tell us about a fake collusion hoax with Russia. We now know with certainty that Joe Biden's family tried to sell access to the former vice president, now president, to the nuclear-powered enemy of the United States for money. And the media is totally silent. They run a story behind a CBS digital site somewhere and want to make it all go away. The story's nowhere. Here's the CBS digital uh, interviewer. And you're not going to see this anywhere. We found it. Uh, that had tip Glenn Greenwald, by the way. Here's a CBS digital interviewer asking the author of the book about Hunter Biden's emails who showed the political author, I believe it's Ben Schreckinger, asking this author, hey, are these emails real? But I want you to remember one thing, because you may say fairly enough, well, Dan, why don't you invite him on the show? You keep talking about this author and this piece. We did. He didn't want to come on. Let me be crystal clear. If he wants to come on this week, he has an open invite. We invited him on unfiltered. He didn't want to come on. So I'm not speaking with forked tongue here. Here, check this out. So where do things stand uh, with that investigation and what more has been uncovered about what that laptop contains? That federal investigation centered out of Delaware is ongoing as far as anybody knows. Uh, it's being led by David Weiss, who actually figures pretty prominently in this book uh, because he has a long history in Delaware as a prosecutor, uh, has investigated over the decades uh, several people uh, close to the Bidens. And, and so his story is a very interesting one. Uh, in terms of the laptop, what, what I was able to find in, in the course of researching this book uh, is corroboration for parts uh, of, of this cache of leaked files, uh, including someone who had independent access uh, to Hunter Biden's emails for a time, uh, says, yes, he did receive an email from a Burisma representative uh, thanking Hunter for the opportunity to meet his father. Uh, and yes, he did receive an email, including a proposed equity breakdown for a venture with some Chinese energy executives that included the line 10 held for H by the big guy. Uh, those were two of the most controversial alleged emails from last October's leak. Uh, and I was also able to, to authenticate some of the other emails that didn't make the news, uh, but that just showed that there is at least uh, some authentic material in this in this leak. You hear that? So the current president of the United States, there are emails with his son trying to sell access to him to kick up 10% to pay him, Joe Biden, to the Chinese Communist Party. This is just, 
It's it's only the biggest scandal of our time, but no worries, folks. No worries. Let's just pretend it never happened. It's now clear as day, period, full stop. This is not open for negotiation. Leftists, turn the station and go elsewhere. If you even doubt this for a second because you're a moron and I don't want you on my show. Sorry, beat it. The media rigged the election in 2020, period, period. Total full stop, double, triple periods. The media rigged the election. They hid information, not only damaging, but catastrophic and apocalyptic in conjunction with Twitter and others who banned the Hunter Biden story before the election because they knew it would destroy Joe Biden if the truth got out there that his family was colluding with China to sell to sell access to the uh, now current president, then candidate, to the Chinese Communist Party, our nuclear powered enemy. And folks, they'll do it again. Now, I just want to caution you here. How do we prevent this? I'm begging you, please, in these midterm elections and in 2024, whenever you see these media hit pieces come out before the election, remember, oh, Hunter Biden, the emails, it's Russian disinformation. Folks, completely disregard them. The media cannot be trusted. Ignore them. Their stories are not true. They are clearly now malicious, full-time, not Democrat, but far-left radical operatives. Please, I'm begging you to ignore these people. I have a substantial audience here, and I thank you for it every day. Gaff these people off. Their stories are garbage. Their sources are garbage. Seek sources of real truth. If something bad comes out and we think it's true, we'll tell you on this show. There are other great hosts out there who do it too. Please ignore these people. They rigged 2020. They are going to try to do it again in 2022 and 2024. All right, moving on because I got a lot more important, uh, a lot, lot of more, uh, a lot more important stories to get to. Then, gosh, my English is like falling apart. I feel good today too. I slept like a champion last time. I'm so tired. I had a long uh, boohoo, poor me, but we did Fox and Friends. We had the podcast. We did the radio show. We had the Goofy Glue incident. For those of you listening to radio show, you know what I'm talking about. We had the Goofy Glue incident. I then did the five and then did Fox News primetime. I had a few meetings. When I hit the sack yesterday, I was out. As my Aunt Jane used to say, God rest her soul, I was at Lily White's party. Out. I woke up at like five o'clock in the morning and you ever wake up and you're like, what country am I in? That's what happened to me this morning when I woke up. You know the story? And you look around in the dark hotel room and you don't even know like where the bathroom is. You're like, Wait, what? <laughs> I had to put the phone on with the light. And I'm like, oh, I'm in New York. Like, I totally forgot. Not joking. All right. Back to the important stuff. Speak English, Dan. I promised you this before. This is Obamacare part two. Remember Obamacare when they were Nancy Pelosi, when she was trying to sell America and Obamacare? It's like, you're going to love Obamacare so much. And you'll like it more when you actually find out what's in it. Now, if that's not a statement of the Democrat Party thinking you're morons, I don't know what is. In other words, you're too dumb to understand it. So just let's sign on the dotted line and then you'll figure it out later, you idiots. But you, this is, it happened again. I'm not kidding. This is a real quote. This is not from the Babylon Bee. Here's Joe Biden on the $3.5 trillion bankruptcy bill they're pushing through Congress this week, right? If this thing passes, we're in a world of trouble, by the way. This is from the Wall Street Journal, Gerard Baker, Joe Biden's economic fantasy world. Here's an actual quote from Joe Biden about this bill, Joe. Joe, don't worry. It's fantastic. The bill is just spectacular. He oh, said, it's so no spectacular. <laughs> it's so spectacular. He said, quote, it's a real quote, not a joke. Every element of my economic plan is overwhelmingly popular, Biden said last week. He went on. But the problem is, with everything happening, not everybody knows what's in it. <laughs> that is a crock. 
Either tell me the truth or shut up. Thank you, Dr. Phil. We appreciate that. Dr. Phil's even involved. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where he got that. These guys are all out on their own. Doing their... Everybody's a renegade now. They got their own thing. That's perfect timing, though, Joe. Good job. Is... <laughs> he just did it again. Folks, the plan is overwhelmingly popular, but nobody knows what's in it. Make It sounds right. It does. It sounds like an infomercial. It's a good point, right? And wait, there's more. Again, 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 Norm McDonald, Mangrace, again, again. They think you're stupid. Doesn't that bother you? Not us, the conservatives, and the, we, we were onto this stuff. They don't think we're stupid. We call them out all the time. To the liberals, Democrats, and never Trump Republicans. Do you understand these people think you're stupid? Do you understand that? This is how they talk to you when you just accept it? My gosh, do you have any dignity left? Seriously. All right. Um, you know what, Gee? Can we go a little out of order? Can we do the Friedman thing here for a second? Because it's important. I want to play a video for you because this $3.5 trillion porculus bill, it's going to bankrupt us. And there's this myth out there. Milton Friedman, he was the greatest, I think, economist of his time. God rest his soul. Milton Friedman had a magic way with words. And uh, given that we're about to spend an unprecedented amount of money we don't have and are going to go bankrupt in print, there's a myth, folks, that we can get rich at the expense of other people and we can live off other people. That's not the way it works, okay? As Friedman once said in the past, you know, the myth of government spending to create wealth is that you think you're spending your neighbor's money, but your neighbor thinks the same thing. You understand that? How we're all just spending each other's money, which as I said in the beginning, the leaky bucket in between, I give a dollar to my neighbor. He only gets 60 cents because a government bureaucrat takes 40 cents out. How am I richer? I just gave a dollar away to my neighbor. How is my neighbor richer? You might say, oh, he's richer because he got 60 cents. No, he didn't. My neighbor had to give me a dollar too, of which he's only getting 60 cents back from me. Does that not make sense? Again, I, I forgive me for the conservatives listening who this is just, you're smart and you already get it. But there's some who don't, who are really under the mistaken belief that you can live in a prosperous way off the wealth of other people while those other people think the same thing. Here's Friedman explaining this beautifully. Check this out. The thing that, about the welfare state is that when you start on this route, everything goes fine. To begin with, you are imposing taxes on 90% of the people, small taxes and are able to give considerable benefits to 10% of the people. But the problem is that as time goes on, more and more people come in and either express a desire or are given a chance at a part of the proceeds. So you gradually get to the position where 50% of the people are providing benefits to uh, other 50% of the people. And then you ultimately get to the position where 100% of the people are paying taxes in order to provide benefits to 100% of the people. And you are then in that situation, which uh, Frederick Bastiat described so well 150 years ago, when he said that government is that fiction, whereby everybody believes he can live at the expense of everybody else. Gosh, I miss Milton Friedman. Do you understand how that's a fiction? You're spending your neighbor's money. You think you're a dollar richer. He gave you a dollar, but you're giving him the same dollar back with the government taking a cut. You're both poorer for it. 
That is so transparently obvious in this $3.5 trillion spending bill that the fiction is embedded in the product. Why? Because the all of the spending programs in this $3.5 trillion Biden liberal far left bankruptcy bill are products designed to, quote, benefit the middle class. The joke of it all, folks, is the money's coming from the middle class just to give back to you. You got to read this article in the journal today. It's called Entitlements for the Affluent. Here's just a couple of things that are in this program, which, again, you if you're a middle class uh, worker in America now, you may be like, this sounds great. I'm getting all these benefits. No, you're paying for all these benefits and you're getting for a, a dollar. Uh, you're only getting 60 percent of your return on the dollar you give. Why not just spend the dollar yourself and get 100 percent of the dollar spent the benefits from it? Why would you do that? Here, here's some of the things in it. They have an expanded child credit, folks, child tax credit. Make, oh, that's great. Wow, I get a tax credit for having kids. Well, it's become a monthly government check. It transfers large sums of, sums of money from childless taxpayers, mostly young folks, to secure, financially secure middle-class families. Wait, I thought we were supposed to be helping the poor. Younger people without kids, just getting in the workforce. So you're telling me you're transferring their money to affluent middle-class taxpayers for the child tax credit? Yes, that's exactly what's happening. This is, uh, But in the leftist logic, this is benefiting the little guy. goes on. The allowance is now $3,600 per child under age six and $3,000 for ages six to 17. A married couple making $150K a year with four children, two under the age of six and two above, qualifies for $13,200 a year. Think about this. So, you know, Guy, who's still young, Guy's like, you know, working his way into the workforce here, building his reputation. Guy's paying me with a couple kids and others like me, $13,200 a year. Maybe not me. I probably phase out. But people who make a good living, $13,200 a year. And keep in mind, Guy's not giving them $13,200. Guy's giving them about sixteen to 18000 because the government's got to take a cut to pay itself when it gives the money to someone else. It's all fair, folks, right? They're all in it for the little guy. Wait, there's more. Here's more of the info motion. I'll get to more of this too on the radio show later. We'll have them, hopefully Miranda Devine back yesterday too. Uh, didn't work out after the goofy glue incident yesterday. Here, here's another thing in the Biden $3.5 trillion bill, which is supposed to cost nothing. And don't worry, it's going to magically benefit the middle class without the middle class ever having to pay anything. It's magic how that happens. Here we go. In wealthy states like Massachusetts, where childcare prices are higher, there's a childcare benefit built in. A family of four earning 200K a year can receive $23,000 in childcare benefits. Even at $367,000 in income, that Massachusetts family could get $10,000 in subsidies as long as they self-certify that they have less than a million in assets. It's all in the up and up, folks. Don't worry. Government's making you rich. You've never asked yourself where they get the money from, do you? Transferring a bunch of money from young, single people, poor people, in other words, who are going to pay money on their investments, their pensions, whatever they do, working at a factory where there no longer is a lot of capital to pay them because it's going to the government. You are now financing wealthy, well-to-do, middle-class folks with new entitlement programs. Why? Why is Biden want to enrich the, the upper middle class at the expense of the poor and everyone else? Why? Because what's the golden rule we've said on this show from the beginning? A program designed exclusively for the poor will always be a poor program because they're not donors. They don't donate to political campaigns. Middle-class folks, upper-middle-class folks, and rich folks do. So there's nothing Democrats love more than to steal money from the poor 
and lower middle class and give it to everyone else. And that's a fact. Folks, thanks again for tuning in. Please subscribe to my Rumble account. Follow us there. It's free, of course. It is the free speech alternative to YouTube. My podcast is up there, the video version. We're almost at 2 million subscribers. The URL is rumble.com slash Bongino. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. I will see you on the radio show and then on the five on Fox later. Be sure to check that out. See you folks. You just heard Dan Bongino.